Hey everybody, welcome to Inside the Genie's Lamp podcast where we go on a deep dive to help you discover how to move on from yo-yo diets and away from toxic diet culture. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Travis Murrells. I'm the owner and a head coach of The Fitness Genie. I've battled extremely poor mental health, manic depression, crippling anxiety, homelessness, and the absolute rock bottom that comes with those depressive thoughts. Fast forward to today, however, I've coached over 1,000 people to reduce anxiety, heal their relationships with food, themselves, and their body. Now we have an amazing, outstanding team coaching women all over the globe to achieve the body, but more importantly, the life that they want to be living. So if you're someone that is ready to move on from the classic 90s fad diets, Slimming World, Jenny Craig, unsustainable 1200 calorie meal plans, and you want some freedom in your life, then this is the podcast for you. All of our coaching is one-on-one and 100% customized to the individual. We find a middle ground to start from and build the program around the client as opposed to trying to get a client to fit our system. We decided to say, fuck it, throw out the previous designs of the fitness industry and create something that actually works. Designing it from scratch every time a new client wants to change their life and signs up. So I'm not gonna keep you any longer. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram so you can engage when we're looking for feedback, ideas, discussion topics, and all that fun stuff. But otherwise, enjoy this episode of Inside the Genie's Lamp. Everybody, hope you're doing amazing as per usual and always. Uh, For this one, I'm just going to run over something that popped up in a coaching call, which was finding the excuses because that's a good thing. They're pretty much just telling us exactly what to do and what to work on next. Get this out of the way. There we go. So, if you're starting a health and fitness journey or you're trying to lose weight, whatever it is, a lot of people are obviously going to have a lot of reasons, excuses, or whatever comes up. Most recently, because the weather was good and then it went to shit, a lot of people are starting to come up with, oh my god, I'm just lazy, I just can't do it, I'm just not motivated, it's just when the weather's good, I'm fine, but when the weather's not good, I find it really hard to be able to still get out and do this and whatever. Whenever the excuses are coming up, it's really good to just mark them down, write them down, and figure out where they're coming from and why they're there. Because if we can get to that point of, oh my god, this is this massive excuse that appears to be an obstacle or roadblock or something that is just in the way of me wanting to achieve what I want to achieve, we can write it down, we can look at it, and then we can evaluate how do we go through that. Because where a lot of people get stuck is they look at this particular obstacle that is in front of them and they go, oh, well, there's an obstacle in front of me. That must be it. I just can't do that. It's annoying. This is how it is. I can't do it because I'm lazy. If you actually have the power to be able to say, here is this obstacle that's in my way. And then if you can usually just naming it gives you a reason to be able to say, oh, that's actually not as bad as I thought it was. Uh, I think I can move through that. And then... Absolute worst case, say it out loud. Wow, say it out loud. Say say it out loud, type it out, write it down, get it out of your head. Because a lot of people run through the excuses that they have in their head. They don't usually say it. But when people are on the phone with me, particularly for the coaching calls, and even if it's the initial call that someone is on, hey, Trav, here's the reasons why I don't do these things. And I even ask them, what's the biggest obstacle that you're going to come up against in coaching? Because I want to be able to know what that is or what you perceive the biggest obstacle to be so that we can get rid of it from right off the bat. If we can get rid of that biggest obstacle right off the bat, imagine how powerful you will feel moving forward and being able to achieve everything that you want to achieve. Or once that massive obstacle is done that used to get in the way of 60% of things, it's now opened up 60% of things that we didn't have access to before, and we can focus on the little shit, which is usually 
when we focus on the little shit, it's a little step by a little step by a little step, and it just compounds into this massive, oh my god, I can't believe how far I've come. That's the biggest thing for a lot of people, is taking those compounding steps often seems so small and insignificant that they don't see the point in starting to begin with. And then as I said to someone on a phone call, um, well, at the time of recording last week, when I said that to someone on a phone call of, well, if you're struggling to find motivation to get started, let's figure out why that is. And after about 10 minutes of going through all the reasons, I was like, cool, so it sounds like the big thing overall is it doesn't feel like it's worth getting started because your capacity at the moment is pretty low compared to where it used to be. So getting started feels like, oh, what's the point if I can't do everything that I used to do? They're like, yeah, that's right. Awesome. So what do you think we can do to get through that? <clears throat> and then we ran through the massive list of we can do this and this and this and this. And then mindset shifting the perspective away from, oh, there's no point because I can only do this into, well, I can still do this. So I might as well, because if you can only walk a kilometer now, and then every day you walked an extra 100 meters in two months, you're going to be around about five Ks in a day. And it's just going to be building that up slowly. Shit, even if you did 100 meters every second day or every third day, multiply that over however long that you want to keep that habit alive. How far do you think you're going to go in a year? And then you're just naturally doing a 5K walk because you're like, oh yeah, I just built my way up to this. But it started with a 1K walk. It started with a 500 meter walk. It's just all those small things that compound into... Yeah, two years ago, I couldn't even walk one kilometer without getting incredibly puffed or I couldn't even walk one kilometer at all. And now I'm doing 5Ks like it's fucking nothing. I should really pause the podcast when I go to take a drink, but I think listening to the, the sultry sounds of me drinking from a shaker, that's the real reason why you're all here, let's be honest. <laughs> so usually on a coaching call, one of the big things that I run people through is what are your biggest obstacles? And they go, yep, it's these big picture things. Awesome. What else? Oh, no, I think that's it. And then the more that we start talking and the more that they start to ramble and start to rant and start to get out of their head, all of a sudden it's gone from one or two things like, oh, I'm just lazy and don't have the motivation into I'm incredibly tired. I'm not sleeping well. I'm not eating right. I'm not getting my steps in. I work from home. Uh, I also have a lot of responsibilities after work. It's like, okay, cool. So you're tired as fuck. Reasonable to assume that you're going to be tired as shit and you're not going to want finishing work or getting up at four in the morning to want to go smash out an hour long gym session and be like, hey, yeah, cool. This is awesome. The pain in the ass thing with that is a lot of people think that in order for them to lose weight, they have to be going to the gym and they have to be moving and all these things. Ideally, yeah, we want you in the gym and doing all the positive things so that you can age with grace. I never prescribe workouts or exercises to people in order for them to lose weight. I always give exercises and workouts or I prescribe them under the assumption that these are going to be the things that in one year time, if you're consistent with them, in a year's time, you're going to be so much stronger for carrying in the groceries, playing your kids, being able to lift a couch, just get it out of the way for whatever reason. Being able to move pain-free and not have to, every time that you go to sit down on the toilet, go, oh, fuck. <laughs> if we can get you to that point where you can sit down, stand up without making old person noises, I think we're doing pretty damn well. And if you're making those old person noises right now, like the way I am at 28 years old, and I'm like, oh, fuck. 
Yeah, that one got me knee. As <laughs> soon as that starts coming up, I'm like, oh shit, I should probably do something about that. Because there's people at 60, 70, 80 years old that are still going to the gym, staying active, and they're just, I dare say, going through the motions. But yeah, they're also pushing themselves. They're some of the healthiest individuals in the world, just from taking care of their health, making sure that they can move and going through those workouts, particularly as we get older, I'm talking 60 plus, as we start to get older, 60 plus, it's also amazing to be able to do those workouts so that neurologically you can form some patterns so that your brain is still getting the work so that you can still be able to stay sharp, stay at the top of your game and essentially not lose your marbles. Let's go with that. But all of this is going to be coming from and stemming from where are the obstacles? And if you're consistent, like if you are someone that just consistently comes up with an excuse or a reason for not doing something, say it out loud, talk it through with yourself or write it down on a piece of paper and go, holy shit, am I really going to let the fact that I can't be bothered right now hold me back from being a good role model for my kids? Jesus, how am I meant to be a good role model if every single time an opportunity comes up for me to prove myself, I go, ah, well can't really be bothered. It's slightly windy outside and my go-to walking jumper is uh, still just a little bit damp. So I can't wear that. Uh, you know what? Yeah, my shoes are probably, they're a bit dirty. I can't be bothered putting them on. Yeah, the heater's feeling pretty good. Uh, I'll do it tomorrow. I swear I'll do it tomorrow. And that's where a lot of people tend to get caught up is because it starts with an excuse. And then if you don't break that habit of, I suppose, Oh, what's the word I was just about to say? Excuse cycling is when that comes up, I'm willing to bet every single person listening to this is going to say, here's an excuse. And then you are going to justify that to yourself in any means necessary, by any means necessary. Meaning, oh, it's a bit windy outside. Yeah, last time it was windy, I ended up getting a cold. Oh, plus there's cars on the road and there's a lot of puddles. What if I get splashed by a puddle? Yeah. And then I'm all wet and then this, and then I'm going to have to wash my clothes. And it's just coming up with completely hypothetical things. The first two are usually like, yeah, okay, I can probably see that. But then three through 4,896,406 of those excuses and reasons are completely hypothetical and anxiety driven of, oh, what if worst case situation? What if I accidentally go out there and it's a little bit windy and I get picked up by a random kite that's actually being driven by some sort of man-eating squirrel? And then that man-eating squirrel will actually take me down towards the sewer people because it turns out it's actually just a servant of the lizard lord. Oh my god, what am I actually going to do? I can't do that. I can't go for a walk today. How could Travis possibly expect me to go? And then that's the type of shit where <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe let's type this out. Let's talk this out and slow it down. Hey everybody, just wanted to jump in here to remind you that Christmas is just around the corner and one of our busiest time periods for signups is late November through to around about mid-December. One of two things happens around this time. One, people either start for around about four to eight weeks before Christmas, obviously depending on their start date, so that they can get the foundations of their health journey and what works for them in the tangible sense. Then when we come back into it in the new year, we just flick the switch, keep doing what we were doing, and away we go. Or, number two, what's most common for clients of mine is they lay down their deposit and start paying off the program now so that their payment schedule is extended, which helps out the budget a lot. From there, 
they're locked in and ready to go for when we come into the new year. Knowing that they're secured, we have a start date, they have their program already in hands, they're in and they're committed to smash out the new year with a coach that is not going to let them fall into another shitty resolution thing that they've always done. This is the last quote unquote weight loss thing that you will ever do for a resolution. We can guarantee you that because we teach our clients to make us redundant. So if you are interested in this, check out our website for details, www.thefitnessgenie.com.au or visit the link in our Instagram bio for everything else, Fitness Genie. But for now, back to the episode. The main reason that I get people to type things out and talk them out and with our like client check-ins, a big reason why I say, hey, even though we've got a coaching call every single week where we're going to run through stuff, I still want you to email me everything as if we haven't spoken because people often type out what they're not comfortable saying. And when I can have both mediums of me asking them questions and getting direct feedback from the coaching call, ah, oh, interesting, you said at the start of the call this was happening and now you're saying this is happening. They conflict, so which one is it? And then we can get down to the deeper root cause of what's actually going through your brain. Put on top of that, writing up an email and then saying, hey Trav, not much to report. Um, had an interesting thing happen on Tuesday and then it's just fucking every moment of your life for the past seven days written out and it's like, wow, I had no idea that all of that was inside me. <laughs> I guess I'm totally stressed. <laughs> Please help me. That's what... <laughs> uh, I wish I was exaggerating. That's actually pretty much how every single email goes. <laughs> yeah, Trav, it's all going pretty well, but also uh, life's fucked. Help me. <laughs> um, and then, long story short, we do end up helping the person saying, oh, interesting. Let's, uh, let's figure it out. But to go full circle with that, let's bring it back. One of those things that we're going to have to do is when those excuses come up, when those reasons come up, when we start to spiral, write them down, talk them out, do whatever it is to get it out of your head. Even just put it on your notes on your phone and then read it back to yourself. When you can do that, it also slows down the brain. So one of the ways to slow down a brain is to write. One of the ways to speed up a brain is to read. Uh, so... Oh, I've got little hiccups. <clears throat> when we can notice our obstacles and we are aware enough to say, this is the issue that is plaguing me at the moment and I fucking hate it. Instead of using that as the roadblock and then saying, well, this is it. And then just fading into the distance. If you can write that down and go, cool, that's there. I'm aware of it. Awesome. I'm going to say 60% of the time, just naming either what you are scared of or what you are coming up against as the obstacle is usually enough to bring awareness to, oh my God, is that really the thing that's holding me back? And then people just do the opposite of that and they fix it. People usually have a very good gut instinct of what to do and what they don't want and all that fun stuff and how to get through it. The gut instinct is there for a lot of people. They just don't know how to talk to themselves in order to get out what they need to get out to do what they actually need and want to do. They don't know how to communicate with themselves because it's all up in your head. And what lives in your head? Depression, anxiety, your imagination, all that fun stuff that can just spiral out of fucking nowhere. That's all there. You can't logic your way out of emotions. But what we can do is slow those emotions down and as best we can try to quantify them as best we can. Put them on paper, put them down, read them so that when you read them, you go, oh, holy shit. And then once you've got them, usually 60% of the time, someone is going to troubleshoot themselves and that's awesome. We, we have to do almost fuck all. It's just, what are you scared of? Spiders, but there's no spiders in the program. You're absolutely right, let's go. And that's an oversimplified version. <laughs> but that's 
usually how quick and easy it is to be able to say, I'm scared of this thing happening. And then we can just talk it out and go through why that's not going to happen or what, if it does happen, what do we do about it? It's like, well, we just keep going as if nothing happened. It's like, oh, cool. Let's just fucking keep doing that then. The other 40% of the time, when you can write it down, and if you're like, fuck, I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this one, you can just straight up bullet point it and say, oh my God, if this is the thing that I'm scared of, or this is my obstacle, or this is where I keep coming up with excuses or reasons for not doing what I'm doing or what I want to do, create an action list. In order to get through that, how do I get through it? Or if I want to achieve these things that I want to achieve, how do I get through that despite this? How do I achieve the goal that I want to achieve? Oh, I want to do A, B, C, D, and come up with a list of action points or short-term goals or things that you can tick off on a list to know that you're on the right trajectory to be able to hit that goal. When that comes up and you've got that list, then go through, oh my God, this is the obstacle in relation to this goal that I want to achieve. What can I do when that comes up? And usually right off that bat, that's going to take you maybe 15 minutes every time that comes up. And then you've got something that you can refer back to every single time. All you have to do from there, okay, these are the goals that I want to be able to hit. Oh my God, when this obstacle comes up, these are the things that I can do. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way through. So the next time that you're feeling incredibly, I don't know, the, the, one of the most common ones is like emotional eating, particularly around menstrual cycle. How do I navigate the emotional turmoil? It's not even the right word, but it's one I'm going to use because it's all I've got in my brain at the moment. How do I manage the emotional turmoil that happens, particularly when it feels like my body is making up a hormone cocktail of all the things that I actually don't like the taste of? Um, that's where you essentially say, cool, um, maybe don't skull that. Maybe let's just sip on it or ask for a new drink. And what I mean by that, because I know that's a terrible analogy, is you don't have to always do what is served up to you. Meaning... If all of your emotions are on the table and it is the cravings and it's the emotions or it's after dinner and you want your dessert or there is something that is just popping up and you're like, holy fuck, there's so many social events and this is going on and that we're getting emotional about it. So as best we can, let's bring it back to that list of A through whatever letter, you know, said number, whatever letter that you've got there. And then the obstacles, how do I get through that? For example, for the emotional eating, bump up your calories to maintenance so that you're not trying to fit in your craving food into a calorie deficit, you have a little bit more flexibility to be able to say, oh my God, these are my cravings and I really want to eat my emotions and nothing is going to fucking stop me. Cool. You've just said nothing is going to stop you. So how do we give you access to that in a structured way that's not going to make you feel like shit tomorrow morning? Because I understand that sometimes we're going to have to, <clears throat> sometimes we're going to have to make the short-term decision, which is let's lean into our cravings and emotions and do that. But in the back of our head, how do we give ourselves access and permission to be able to do that in a way that traditionally does not fuck us? So, ugh, I can't get comfy on this goddamn mat on this chair. It's the most pain in the ass thing. But anyway, it is give yourself the flexibility and freedom and permission to be able to eat the food and lean into your cravings. But at the same time, what you don't want to be doing is, oh my God, I'm having the flexibility and permission and all that stuff to do this because I'm leaning into my cravings. That should be a full stop. But what a lot of people do is comma. So I'm just going to eat everything. That's where we should probably get rid of that last half of the sentence, put a full stop in and then say, what is the food that I really want right now? Ooh, 
weird little hiccup thing that just didn't want to come out. But anyway, what is the food that I want right now? How do I get that? I'm just going to have a large meal. So then from there, so then from there, we know exactly what we can do to get through that so that we can essentially take all of this chaos that has previously derailed us or has previously been the obstacle or has previously been the thing that starts a new cycle of, oh my God, I just can't do this. I knew it wasn't right for me. How can I ever get past this? We have taken that and we have now put some reins on it. We've now structured that chaos. So instead of it being a complete fucking tornado, it's just one of those cute little dust things traveling around the schoolyard that you used to see. Just like a little woo, and then when it hits a wall, it's done. As opposed to a giant tornado that is tearing through Miami, Hurricane Ian, I believe it was. But anyway, we don't want that. That's bad. Why do I know more about fucking <laughs> hurricanes in Miami than I do about anything that's going on with Australian stuff? Anyway, that's where we're at, apparently. <laughs> so... Finding the reasons and finding the excuses are a good thing. They're very good if you can be aware that they are just giving you the blueprint of what is needed to be done and what is needed to be overcome in order for us to achieve what we want to achieve. They're annoying, the reasons and obstacles and excuses, they're annoying when we don't do anything about them. If we allow them to just sit there and gestate and become a part of our identity of, oh, I don't do that because I'm lazy, ha ha ha. Cool, what do you want to do about it though? Because one of the things that shits me more than anything is when people complain about stuff that is easily able to be fixed, but not willing to do anything about it. So if you're one of those people, that fucking sucks, enjoy your shitty life. But if you are someone that is wanting to move through that, you can take all those reasons and excuses. Like for example, I'm just lazy. Why am I lazy? Let's figure that out. Let's work through that together. Why am I lazy? What is going on? Oh, you know what? And what is usually like 50-50 for when people say they're lazy, 50% of people, yeah, they're just lazy. You need to pull your finger out of your ass. Number two, the other 50% is usually, you know what? You're not just lazy. That's what other people have just been labeling you. Uh, there's actually a lot of good reasons for why you're tired and not getting to the gym or getting your steps in because you're up at four in the morning and you don't get home until 9.30 at night. And... Yeah, we can find some wiggle room in there for like five minutes here, 10 minutes there. But it's 50-50. Some people are like, yeah, no, I'm just so busy. It's like, motherfucker, you work four days a week doing four hour shifts. There is time in the week for you. For the other person that has four children under four and fucking busy, four children under four and then also works part time and studies full time and then also lives with their parents because of the housing crisis you know what there's not a lot of free time in there for us to do what we want and you're probably going to get influenced by other people when it comes to the nutrition factor because you're tired and people are just cooking you don't know what's in it and then you try that's an actual reason so label your reasons label your excuses write them down and come up with an action list for how do i get through these for when they pop up again